0: You're listening to a DM podcast.
1: Hey listeners, Stocks here. Um, Before we jump into this week's episode, uh, Jules and I just want to make an apology for something on the last episode. Uh, In that episode, we did recommend listening to an episode of the podcast, 60 Songs That Made the 90s. And in particular, an episode about Smells Like Teen Spirit, the Nirvana song, and that was an interview with Courtney Love. Now, when Jules and I recommended this episode, we had listened to the first half of the show, which is a wonderful monologue by Rob Havala, who's the host of the podcast. The second half was about a two-hour interview with Courtney Love, and now we hadn't listened to it at this point. So when we recommended the episode, we did so without full knowledge, and we just, we know we can't give anyone who listened to that, took our recommendation and listened to that episode the two hours of their life back. But we are so sorry and we will not do that again. It was one of the most diabolical interviews I've ever heard. I listened to it on two times speed and only lasted 20 minutes. Scrub forward, did another 10 minutes. It was horrible, self indulgent, self referential. And look, um, we're better than that. So, look, apologies. And uh, just know that going forward, we'll only be recommending shows. That we've listened to in their entirety. Anyway, take care, enjoy the episode. G'day, pod
0: lovers, podcasters, podlings, and welcome to Behind the Podcast, the podcast that opens the studio doors and takes a peek behind the microphone to tell you, the listener, the producer, the creator, the aficionado, what's happening in the podverse. I'm Jules, and with me, as always, is Stocks. Hello in this week's episode spotify's ai ad voices daniel Eck gets acquired we recap the recaps youtube kid loses touch with the kids and the most technically advanced podcast all right
1: stocks we're back for another week how are you doing mate I'm good. I'm maybe a little too fired up. Um, Got the news about Tina Turner this morning, (laughs) drove into work, might have lost my license, cranking out some of her best hits. So yeah, no need for coffee at the moment, but sad day. Yeah. um, Celebrate. Absolutely. Let's fire up the
0: playlist. I think we know it's going to be spinning all day today. I know... My dad, uh, the great Roscoe, was a huge fan of Private Dance, and so one of his favourites, so I obviously... Really? Yeah, We <laughs> should drill down on that next time we have a <laughs> I drink <know>. with Roscoe. <laughs> There's a few, uh, yeah, a few kids who are around our age who are probably big fans of the Simply the Best by virtue of the NRL. and
1: What's Love Got to Do With it? It's my exactly.
0: favourite. There's some yeah. bloody classics out there, so we're going to be spitting them all today. But here we are. Yeah, here we are. Let's talk
1: podcasts, eh? What have we got in the news? A big week. Big week. So, um, look, we we'll, might as well... Got up the top with Spotify. Yep, for double a double bung it. Uh, Spotify is reportedly developing bots to mimic your favorite podcast hosts. This is super cool. Yeah,
0: super cool, super interesting, and yeah, really kind of the first big embrace, I suppose, of the AI voice. You know, after it's had so much backlash from people using AI voices to create music and record labels being all upset about it, mm-hmm. this is Spotify leaning in and finding a purpose for it that you know might be able to take some of the grunt work out of podcast hosts and, yes. and what they need to do to support themselves.
1: Yes. This is actual business cases for uh, AI as opposed to, hey, look at the fun we can have with it. Bill Simmons, who has now got a major role in terms of monetization at The Ringer, he was on a rec- recently saying on one of his podcasts that Spotify is developing AI tools trained on its host voices to create targeted ads. He said, that, quote, there is going to be a way to use my voice for the ads. You have to obviously give the approval for the voice, but it opens up from an advertising standpoint all these different great possibilities. What are these possibilities? Well, there's personalization. Mm-hmm. For example, the ad might read, Hey, Jules, yeah. or Hey, Sydney-siders, or Morning Groovers. That's just a shout-out to Mandy. <laughs> um, it, you know, it can personalize the message for you as an individual or as a group of people, which is really cool. Yeah, And that would be really hard to do if you're getting a probably time-poor diva podcast. No, Big definitely. podcast host to do it. Definitely. And
0: just, yeah, you sort of talk personalization, geotargeting, like all of these little things that they can do to really make very, very specific ads for the listener um, and target certain segments of the audiences in, in certain areas. I mean, the capacity to scale up the ad reads that they do is just, you know, it's not to be sniffed at. It's huge.
1: Another pro is it takes the pressure off the hosts. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a host who may not want to read these ads, Yeah. Um, just doesn't have time. As we're saying, doesn't have time for all the personalization. But also, we have a lot of hosts who just, oh, can you do those ads, please? Can you get yeah. in the studio? Can you do that? Yeah. Look, this is kind of how the doors can keep open. Can we just open. make some money for yeah, you guys, yeah. please? <laughs> can you just read it? <laughs> Dance monkey. But I mean, on the flip side, some of the cons, I mean, Simmons ad reads aren't great. So Bill Simmons doesn't do the best ad reads. I don't think a ringer does the best integrations, which is a little bit ominous because... Mm they've been very good at monetization but to have bill simmons in charge of monetization for spotify in to- in its totality mm. um He's a very smart guy, very strategic guy, but it's a little bit of a concern. So the ad reads aren't of the highest quality. So uh, I wonder, an AI where it currently is at, Hugo was doing the Rogan podcast, just said there's a lot of problems with just making it, it sounds too flat and robotic. You've heard that with the stuff we've done, but you hear a lot of this AI stuff doesn't have that passion that you really want from a quality, high quality um, ad read. So that's a concern.
0: Yeah, I think what's interesting as well is you know, they they rely on such a large backlog of data of voices that they can pull from to make that these AI voice really work and, and really sound convincing. So, you know, for the time being it's probably gonna be limited to the really big podcasters who have a huge backlog of, of content that they can go through and, and create, you know, this AI voice version of themselves. So it's probably not gonna be like a everyday, you know, option for people who've released a hundred episodes, so maybe not for us just quite yet stocks, but we'll get there. Mm. But I think you know to your point, like where there's a downfall in the AI voice, where they try and have these conversations and they miss out on a lot of the nuance of you know normal human speech patterns and, and conversation and the way that those things flow and everything, this is reading an ad. It's yes. a lot more sort of direct. They're not relying on two people. If they are, they can kind of script that and make it work. And, mm. and so I think
1: that the application of you know our voice and this specific purpose, I think it will probably work quite well. It's a fantastic point because the le- level below these really bespoke conversational reads is just an ad read. Yeah. And you hear those ad reads, it's like a radio style ad. So if you can just turn those into being, hey, instead of that being generic voiceover guy, mm. that can be Bill Simmons reading yep. that then you've increased the value of what you can charge for that ad, you've probably improved, well you've definitely improved the quality of the ad, in terms of how much it'll engage with the listener of said podcast so thinking about this as we're talking about it it could be big trouble for just your generic voiceover guys. yeah sure like, it's all over yeah that's right why, why would they get generic voiceover person when they can just customize it to be whoever's voice they want uh-huh absolutely you know it's going to be really interesting to see the way that this all unfolds and, and how it's used definitely like a someone like the voice rodney overby for mm. those people around sydney does a lot of voice work and drives his Gold Lexus, or Liston used to drive his Gold Lexus with the number plate voice. Yeah. Someone like him, this is not great for you. Yeah. um But someone who's got a very recognizable voice, like, let's say, Hamish Blake, uh-huh. he could be doing ad reads for anything they want. Absolutely. It's a fantastic passive income stream where he's just going approved, not approved, approved, not approved, approved, not approved.
0: That's right. Licensing your voice as opposed to, you know, actually getting out there and
1: doing the read. Look out. <laughs> I listen to the Acquired podcast. Okay, so I haven't heard of this, what is? Th- it's a beast of a podcast. So they reckon they've got about 250,000 subscribers and they get around 200,000 listens to every episode they put up within the first 10, 12 days. Wow. So it's a massive podcast. It's hosted by Ben Gilbert and Dan Rosenthal. Ben is uh, founded Pioneer Square Labs. It's not what you'd think, which is, it sounds like it might be a bit of an audio lab. It's not, it's a startup studio and venture capital fund. So these guys both play in the VC space. The podcast is entrepreneur focused and it, it tells the stories of great companies is what they try to do. Why are we talking about this? They had on Daniel Ek, who is the founder and owner or CEO of Spotify. Mm-hmm. And they had him for over 90 minutes. And they broke down the entire Spotify story. Now, we talk about Daniel a bit on here, and we talk about Spotify a lot on here. I haven't heard him talk for 90 minutes in this form. Mm. I was hoping he'd be a bit like the Luke Matheson character in Succession. No. Not quite? uh, No, more of a, like, he coded. He yeah, definitely okay. coded.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he coded <laughs> On he's the got spectrum no hair. Of, of Elon Musk to Matheson, he's probably somewhere more on the Elon. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't look like the Northman. Yeah, he's right. More of an egg. Yeah, well, this is an audio so. format stock, you didn't get to see the rig that you get to see in the, in the Northman, but it
1: might be hiding underneath. Oh, well, there. It, because they did a video version for Spotify. So okay, you well, can there you can also see standing his down. shining dome. Okay. That's a beautiful <laughs> man. Uh, but it's a, it's a fascinating podcast. Look, if you're a bit of a podcast nerd, recommend jumping on and, and listening to it. Two interesting takeaways from it. He sees Daniel X sees the difference between audiobooks and podcasts being really as simple as there's ads on podcasts and you pay for an audiobook. Yeah. That's his delineation between the two. It's, a, yeah. it's the same thing. Yeah. It's it's more he he has he only sees the difference from a business point of view. And then there's a bit of revisionist history about product releases. He's talking about how with audiobooks, oh we just you know, we're... That whole move fast, break, break things, things versus perfection. We put the podcast product out in the market and it's not very good and that's just how we are. It's like bullshit, mate. Your story is well documented yeah. and you were such a perfectionist that the original Spotify music player had to play Almost instantaneously, and you were a fucking nightmare about it. And so, I just love how these gigantic, super successful people just rewrite history. Yeah, Yeah. beautiful. Well, I mean, look as you said, I mean, it's it's
0: quite interesting that he has gone and done the longer form, you know, interview, the full ninety minutes. I think a lot of the heads of these big public companies try to control. Their output a lot more and, and maybe keep it a bit more condensed, so that they don't stumble across things accidentally, or they don't kind of you know realize that they're not being entertaining enough and just say something salacious by accident because they've been on for so long.
1: Yeah, that's it. Or they do
0: that. Elon Musk. I want to be cool. Yeah, Rogan, that's right. So he's gone for it. I mean, look as the uh, as the head of Spotify, I guess you got to eat your dog food. You got to be on the kind of format that you're promoting, that you're trying to make profitable, engaging. You know, it's woof woof.
1: <laughs> if you want to check out acquired. I think it's a podcast. So I'm going to go down the wormhole a bit. It's, as an entrepreneur, this is yeah. something that I've probably been avoiding in podcasting because that was one of my initial forays into podcasting was entrepreneurs, and it's got a bit crowded. But this looks like a fantastic podcast because these guys aren't talking like entrepreneurs. They're talking like investors, and they're talking about the history of these companies. So if you want to give a a go, the one I recommend jumping in on is they do one on LVHM, the ah. luxury brand. Yeah, That's a fantastic podcast. And the other one, if you want less uh, entrepreneurial focus. They do a fantastic one on Taylor Swift as well.
0: Okay, great. We'll give that a listen. One more Spotify? Yes, uh, tangentially Spotify, I suppose. Not directly, would you say? The North people. The North people. Look, this is uh, big news that
1: more people are paying for podcasts in Spotify's homeland. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone knows that podcasting started out free, but there's been a push to have other people... Pay whether it 's a Spotify subscription, an Apple subscription, patreons, donations, a cup of tea or whatever cup of yeah. coffee, all these different things, but in Sweden, it claims that there's five hundred and thirty thousand households paid for podcasts in the first quarter of this year, and that 's up from three hundred and five thousand a year ago, like that 's a staggering that's increase a lot,
0: yeah, it really is we I mean, it'd be, would it'd be very happy with that if you were the creators over there and Anyone who's kind of wanting to advertise or anyone who wants to see sort of supposed evidence that people are willing to pay for podcasts outside of just the typical, you know, Spotify or Apple subscription going down things like uh, Patreon and, and other services like that where you can subscribe
1: directly to the creators. Yeah, it's interesting. There was no more data than this. It was quite a light sort of press release. Mm. and There wasn't any more of, hey, it's going this direction or it's mainly in Patreon or it's because of this. Mm-hmm. But it is look, something to keep an eye on because these two titans of podcasting and audio have come out of Sweden. Yeah, Something that we should probably drill down on and just do a bit more research into why. Why is it happening from this space?
0: Yeah, I think we have to all agree that it all stems back to ABBA as the, uh, the birthplace of audio in Sweden. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, now we're at peak... Succession season. I think it's a good time to talk about recaps. Succession is the show on HBO. We're gonna. It's gonna be some spoilers here, not because we're trying to recap the show, but we're just gonna talk about it. And yep. if you haven't watched it, fine. If you haven't watched it, I mean, you don't care about the show, so you know this should be fun. Succession is the one show within our office that I think everyone. Pretty much everyone watches. Everything else is a bit niche, yeah. but it's the one show that you can say almost everyone in our office watches, which is good because we're covering a fairly broad demographic mm-hmm. within the office and and a very diverse group of interests. So this is a very topical thing. Yeah, Recapping for me really began with the sort of absolute... What's considered the golden era of TV, of prestige TV, which is, or the birth of prestige TV, which is when you had Breaking Bad and Mad Men on at the same time. That's right. Yeah. So they'd play on Sunday nights in the US, and we'd get a Monday, sometime Monday afternoon. I'd hop on a BitTorrent, pull down both episodes, watch them, and then spend the whole evening just going through. Forums, well, reading Alan Seppenwald's recap, Mm -hmm. and Andy Greenwald at Grantland, uh, reading their breakdowns, and then particularly with Alan Seppenwald, just hop in the comments. The comments were just superb. We were about six hours behind the US, so it was just incredible breakdowns of these shows, and these things you missed, and what was this meaning, and all these different things. So, for me, that's when this sort of recap culture came into my life. And then with podcasting... Yeah, it was the natural
0: progression. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I mean, Alan Seppenwald still is a great TV critic writes, writes books, etc. But Andy Greenwald sort of crossed the Rubicon. He, yeah, that's
0: right. I mean, he's living the absolute dream I suppose. Like, started out, you know, did a lot of improv, all that sort of stuff and, and uh, writing, was a music journalist uh, prior to becoming a television and film journalist. But yeah, moved into this TV space, really sort of planted his flag there.
1: He's written his own show, showrunner's own show. That's
0: right. So the absolute dream. I mean, it's it's going from that one side where you are critiquing to actually creating. I mean, it's it's something that not a lot of people are able to do. So Big achievement.
1: But importantly for us, he went from being a writer to also being a podcaster. So he'd write about these shows and then podcast about them. And specifically on the podcast Watch, which I love, which he Mm -hmm. does with Chris Ryan, which they do twice a week. So he's managed to keep doing that most of the way through his writing career when he was sort of really in crunch time with his uh, last TV show he pulled out for a while. But that's a podcast I love. And it's interesting, his journey for me is – I've followed him along that journey, and it's interesting to see where recapping has got to these days. Um, but why, why are these things so popular? Um, well, we've talked before about how someone like a Bumble uh, likes to get close to IP via podcast, so they did with the Kim Kardashian podcast, got them close to Kim Kardashian, and they did, have done the same thing with House of Dragons. Uh, official podcast by sponsoring that. So they see this way to swim close to these big bits of IP, so from a sponsor. That's a fantastic thing. And you can't actually sponsor House of Dragons. Yeah. On the flip side as well, these podcasts are really cheap to make. We recently looked at a big Netflix show that's filming up in Brisbane, uh, doing the recap podcast for that, Yeah, the companion piece. I mean, you're talking 50 grand when this thing's probably a $20 million TV yep, show. Yep, absolutely. So very cheap to jump into this space, it's very easy to do. There is a gap in the marketplace as well because now that DVDs are really not a thing anymore, you mm-hmm. don't get DVD commentaries. And I think that's a space where someone, there's real opportunity because I love DVD commentaries. Yeah, I so love did I. Yeah, so finding some way of saying, look, hit play now, And we're going to have a DVD commentary that runs through the whole film. Yeah. You can watch it as a companion piece or you can just listen to it post-watching whatever the show was, whatever the film was. I think there's a real opportunity there. But these things are cheap to make. Um, And then I guess everyone's sitting at home, right? Yeah. Everyone's sitting at home and watching these shows a lot more, particularly with the pandemic. And I think that's when they really took off mainstream is everyone's watching Ted Lasso by themselves and – I want to talk to someone yeah, about share it. Share the experience. You hop on a podcast, or you hopped on a group chat.
0: Well, I think what's interesting about you know the the, the genesis of all of this is we've kind of talked about there. Yeah, you know, it all stems. You'll hear the water cooler chat, right? All the time. That's that's the phrase that's used. So back when there were only a few TV stations, everyone would watch the same thing on the Sunday monoculture. Night, right? That's right. The monoculture. You'd go into work, and then you would actually gather around the water cooler. Now that started to be. You know, as the as the monoculture sort of dispersed and it became, you know, more niche, people would be watching all these different sorts of things and, and On their own timelines. Exactly. Yeah. Platforms like Netflix come out and and enable that, you know, watch at your own speed, watch whenever you want you know, the downfall is that you don't get to get together with people who've all just watched the same thing as you, you know, six hours ago and discuss it and go into depth. And you're not going to have that kind of week of discussing it until the next one comes around. So, you know, by the time you've you've engaged with this, you want to be able to find a way to have those conversations. And while you might not be participating in it, you know, it's directly you're not you're not talking to the host of these shows they are having these conversations and you do feel engaged with it and, and they're breaking down these shows in ways that you know, maybe uh, Janet from Accounting doesn't, they're giving some real uh, industrial insights into how these shows are made, the the decisions, you know, that went behind doing the things that they do. And, and particularly, if they are using uh, creators from the, the shows themselves, you might get those insights. If they're people who come from literary backgrounds, or, or whatever their, their background is, they might be able to offer other insights that just are a really, really interesting, uncover the layers of the show and, and what they were trying to achieve there.
1: So I mean, there's two that I would love to get into. There's House of Dragons recently. Yep. I think that's one worth talking about. I and mean, we should talk about succession and what we listen to around that. So I mean with Game of Thrones, I listened to a few different ones. I listen to X Ray Vision, which is a Jason Conception one on Crooked Media, because he's an absolute comic nerd. Yeah. And he's an absolute Game of Thrones nerd. And he and he also does the official Game of Thrones podcast. So yeah. you're getting double dipping. So you listen to the HBO official one and then you listen to X Ray Vision and you're getting the whole thing. Yeah. And what I want from a Game of Thrones thing is explain the law to me, explain everything behind me. There's 10,000 pages of law that goes along with this 10 hours of TV. So they've got to cut a lot of that out to make the show. So give me more of what I'm missing out. Explain to me the context of all these different things. And I love that. That's what I want out of this. And just you're getting so much more because this is from a source material. And you can see the difference between what he says on the official HBO podcast to when he's on his own one and he can be a bit more cynical, he can be more critical and go, that was a bit shit. Yeah. And call things out for... Not being perfect, yeah. or how they could be better, and what he could have done, and he's just got a he's just got a great energy. I love him.
0: Well, his old uh, co-host Mallory Rubin, uh, when when Jason left The Ringer, the Mother of Dragons, yeah, that's right. She started her own recap podcast on on The House of Dragons as well with Joanna Robinson, uh, which is a great recap podcast. They pulled in Chris Ryan on this, and and you know, like what you were saying, it's it's if you haven't watched this show or if you haven't listened to these things. It's hard to really kind of grasp how obsessive some people are around the the lore and the the backstory of these of, of this text, right? Very very protective. Absolutely. And just hearing the kind of passion that they talk with is unbelievable. And there was one, you know, at the end of the of this first season where Mallory and Joanna were just kind of like reflecting because you know, they they've met through this show, basically. They've been put together. Right. But they've found a real bond. And you know, she was getting quite teary talking about how you know much this is a great part of her week and everything, having the opportunity to just go deep on this show with someone who's like-minded and understands it to the degree that she does.
1: Love it. It's like the end of a reality show like The Bachelor or something like that, where all the blokes in the house or yeah. the girls in the house all form these bonds. Exactly. I really like that format of the House of Dragons. It's called the House of Dragons? Yeah. Yep. of the House of Dragons podcast. So you have the hosts, Mallory and Joanna, who are absolute book nerds. Yeah. And then you have Chris Ryan as a counterpoint who has not read the books, will not read the books, and is coming to it from a TV point of view. Yeah, so wh- he's able to be the avatar for a lot of us who are listening to this podcast going, I don't know any of this. Yeah. Tell me what this means. Yeah. Okay, why should I care about that? <laughs> or can you explain this to me? So that works really well as a format. Mm-hmm. Now, Succession,
0: what are you listening to around that? I uh, listen to The Ringer, right? So the, the Prestige podcast channel, which actually covers a lot of, of these prestige TV shows so they've got one on uh, Succession which I listen to so they do the recap one which is with you know Bill Simmons head of, of The Ringer mm. Sean Fennessy um, and Jonah Robinson as well so they do the, the recap which comes up directly after they get the, the pre-watches of the show they're able to have this thing ready to go the second the, the show's finished They've now started the pre-cap shows, which is awesome. So they're actually getting ready for the show that's about to come out. And this is hosted by different people. This is hosted by Chris Ryan um, and Woz- Wozni or aka Woz, um, and they talk about what's kind of be coming up, their predictions, what they think they can expect. You know, a bit of a reflection on the episode prior, obviously. But I tell you what, like if you really want to immerse yourself in all things Succession, it's a great way to kind of do it. You do the pre-cap, you do the show, then you do the recap. I sometimes diverge as well, and you know, as well as doing the, the recap on Prestige TV, listen to The Watch that you've mentioned before with Andy uh, Greenwald and Chris Ryan. So I am one of these people who like to engage in absolutely everything that's put out about the show. I just think that you just get such a deeper understanding about what's happening there. All of these references and things like that, which I you know would have gone completely over my head because I'm ill-educated Neanderthal, they start to make sense and you get such a better
1: experience of the whole thing. I love this because pre-cap of Succession is the last thing I want to watch. It's it's just just fascinating because for me, Succession is so different from Game of Thrones where the plot is irrelevant like who wins it's irrelevant like yeah. if you've watched any of Jesse Armstrong's stuff like In the Thick of It or um, In the Loop oh, sorry The Thick of It or In the Loop you just know everyone. everyone's an idiot yep. and, and everyone loses and you know this, this is a statement on late stage capitalism and blah 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 yeah. blah you know oh what's going to happen with Sheba is she going to win or is she oh well she's probably actually going to get betrayed by Mattson have yeah. yes, well, got family a I've got a, but I've got a different CEO in mind Like trying to predict what's happening and it's a show with so many plot holes in yeah. it as well where it's like what, this, where did this plot line go for me it's all about the dialogue it's all about the writing it's all about the fact that this is shot on film in yeah. 2023 they yeah, shoot this expense. fucking thing on film uh-huh. they roll the film all day and it's, there's a lot of flying around in helicopters uh, as well so it, you've got to think like this is an expansive show to it's make it's spectacular film because for me like we make tv yeah. and so the construction of a tv is fascinating so I want to know that so that's why I love the watch because you've got Andy Greenwald who is the guy we we're talking about before he's a music journalist he's an improv guy he's he he writes and show runs shows And he's a podcaster. And he just gives insights. I'm like, oh, shit, right. This is incredible. And he's sitting there from a non-prestige HBO budget going, I can't believe what they get to do with this show. And I love that. I love that angle. I also want someone like a Chris Ryan who gets the pop culture references. Like the fact that – Kendall Roy's son is called Iverson, Yeah, is if you know what that pop cultural reference is, that is unbelievable writing and that tells you everything you need to know about Kendall Roy. Yeah, absolutely. And if you know that, you know that, that it's just the greatest name you could ever have for Kendall Roy's son. So I want someone who's given me those angles as well and able to s- stitch this all together as opposed to... What does this mean? What's happening next? Yeah, What's going yeah. on? So, yeah, we took with the succession, official Succession podcast, which yeah. HBO has done. And they've got one of the actors on who plays Logan Roy's brother, Ewan, mm-hmm. and he's talking about the speech he gave, which is a fantastic You might know him from Babe. Yeah, basically star of Babe. But he gets on and starts talking about the motivations of his character and all this different stuff. It's like, mate, you've been on five episodes. I want to hear from a guy who wrote your character, yeah. <laughs> who conceived your character, who wrote it, did the dialogue, came up with the backstory, did that. I want to hear him. I don't want to hear you. Mm. So, And then he gets getting pilled and getting, crossing over into his own actual political beliefs. I'm like, that's not for me. Yeah. But then I went in and listened to the um X-Ray Vision, because I love them for the other stuff. I thought, oh, I'll try their succession thing. And their podcast is just fun. They're pulling the piss. They're pretending to be hardcore right wing. They're just going, yeah, look, at someone who's worth billions of dollars, that's how I would Taking have done it. Taking the Colbert approach. Having a, yeah, having a lot of fun with it, because this is a show is satire. It's a yes. comedy. It's a comedic tragedy, right? So they're leaning into that vibe. But then, because they're crooked media, they actually get on a couple of crooked media political guys who are able to do that. And they, they did this sort of fun segment with them going, All right, who's Madsen who's that based on who's the president elect based on Um, how realistic was that election night party and they're going oh it's pretty realistic because you've got a few people in a a few rooms all together actually making deals that that is so realistic they said the thing that wasn't realistic was the Nate character who's basically the Bernie Sanders esque chief of staff they go he wouldn't have been at a Fox News party on election eve but other than that yeah, that's spot on. And they're talking about all these different things and I found that fascinating because these are like guys who worked in the White House. Totally. Saying, so they do have that insider information. And, and how terrifying. much is this horse trading that's going on about, oh, if you pass this deal, we'll do this. And if you yeah. don't pass this deal, we'll do this. They said, look, it's a little more subtle, probably because they worked in the Obama era, so they're trying to protect that era of uh-huh. the going but under trump era that's probably spot on yeah. so i find that absolutely fascinating and that's kind of what i want out of a, a recap podcast for succession and yeah. it's fantastic that we can all dine there's so much out there now absolutely. that we can all dine exactly how we want to dine from this it's such a great thing and i think it's just going to continue to grow hopefully there's more shows that we can talk about and i think it's a part of the absolute
0: strategy of any of these shows the budget for creating a recap podcast and owning that kind of conversation that continues on episode to episode is relatively cheap. So it's something that's absolutely, you know, it's imperative for the the success of their show and continuing that
1: conversation and dialogue. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So apparently, YouTube's a tough place for kids podcasts at the moment.
0: Yeah, okay. Why is that?
1: You would think that would be a pretty easy sort of win for them. Yeah, YouTube's the top parenting tool mm-hmm. for <laughs> <laughs> kids of a certain age. Yeah. Oh, look, I found out about Mr. Beast from my six-year-old niece. I think yeah, uh, okay. four years ago, she's like, "Ah, oh, Mr. Beast!" I was like, "Holy shit, this is incredible!" <laughs> it's a very popular space for kids, but uh, a lot of popular podcasts for adults, which are. Uh, Went across to YouTube Mm. during that slate, NPR, shifting everything across to YouTube and doing that deal. It hasn't gone well. It turns out that might be actually the case for kids' podcasts on YouTube across the board. Six months ago, the kids' podcast publisher Tinkercast started an experiment on YouTube. Uh, They do all these popular kids' podcasts like Wow in the World and How to Be an Earthling. And they started publishing episodes on YouTube and YouTube Kids. And they were creating cool videos to go along with light animation, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, just for the platform. Yeah. They weren't just publishing the podcast and just going, well, I hope kids listen to this here. Results have been tepid. Under 6,000 subs in six months and well under 1,000 views per app. When I say well under, I mean, that sounds like they're getting maybe 100, a couple hundred at most. Yeah, it, it's, it's interesting that it's getting killed. I mean f- – one thing I will say is there's a big push for everyone's podcast to become a video podcast. It's gotta be the right podcast. There's many factors. You can't just sort of three X your audience by going onto video. A lot of podcasts, like this one would work okay because we're such good looking guys. Yes. And there's no edits required. <laughs> but there are other podcasts. Mandy somewhere is giggling her ass off. <laughs> <laughs> but there are other podcasts that it's not the case. So not every podcast is built for video. And then I guess the other thing is for these guys in particular, the kids stuff, is you're caught between this super high quality Disney catalogue, Disney Nickelodeon, that's what they're built there. Yeah. Their absolutely. houses on or viral lo fi content like Ryan's room on and- and then you're going against like roboblocks or stuff like that like ugh. yeah how do you and go against an unboxing video which costs what nothing to that's make? right and let's not forget the all-conquering
0: bluey of course who you know there was figures released uh recently about how it's the most streamed show in the states i think most minutes watched or something like that um you know obviously Just check out the articles themselves for what the actual information is. Do your own research. Yeah, Yeah. it's been
1: hugely popular. So and it has its own podcast, of course. It's got its own recap podcast. You've got to. It's part of the strategy stocks.
0: (laughs) Um, But yeah, shows like that. I think you know, if it's if it's a parent who's in control of putting this on for the kids when they're still of that age where they can't really you know choose what they're going to put on themselves, they might. Just decide to put on something like blue, where it's trusted. They know there's a good message. There's there's going to be something substantial that's going to come out of it. Out of it, as opposed to you know whatever might just be popping up from podcasts or unboxings or whatever the content is up on youtube which can you know become a bit nefarious at it, times it's a
1: great point just youtube's whole virality and the reason why it's so successful and shows blow up on there is the algorithm it's also the reason that you probably don't want your kids on there unsupervised yeah yeah it does all make sense now one last little one to get out of here on is iheart has launched quote one of the world's most technically advanced news podcasts now this is clickbait alert i see that i'm clicking on it so yeah. here we are Apparently, this podcast delivers unique news based on the listener's geolocation and condenses the information into under three minutes episodes. Look, there's two takes on this, right? So, Brian Balletta, who's a partner at Sounds Profitable, which Mm -hmm. I wonder what they do, (laughs) um, said, while podcasting technology has its limits, we've yet to hit them. When we do, I expect the team at ARN to be part of that success. Ooh. As they consistently strive to push the technical limits of our medium, this is one of the world's most technically advanced news podcasts. A lot of big words, a yep. lot of excitement, a lot yep, of bluster, yep. not a lot of detail. Yeah, no, that's right. I think the detail's still
0: to be filled in, but they've certainly got something you know, in their technology stack here, which I think is very exciting and, and something that's going to have a few applications.
1: The top comment on this article was from a gentleman, Henry Topton Bottom, <laughs> I dare say an alias... His quote is, does this actually solve a problem for anybody? Didn't think so. More pointless investment from ARN that they'll never recoup the cost from. I'm leaning more towards old Henry. Yeah, you're with Henry on that one. Yeah. Love it.
0: Well, it's got the money of ARM behind it, so let's see how it goes. <laughs> okay, well, that's us for another week. Thanks, everyone, for listening in. Thanks, as always, to Mandy and Ruby. So
1: if you want more information and all things behind the podcast, go to... Go to Instagram, behind underscore the underscore podcast. All right, take care, everyone. You're simply the best. Woo.